I'm gonna click start recording right now. <laughs> cool. All right. So, uh, hello everybody, and welcome to the Cars Unfiltered podcast. We have uh, Mike. Yeah, it's me. And Sal. What's going on? And Adam is doing some family stuff. I think he's actually like shooting guns or something, which sounds quite fun. But uh, yeah, he didn't invite us, so here we are. Um. <laughs> so yeah, we have uh, a few things to talk about today. Um, oh, and we're not on, uh, on anchor doing like the call in thing anymore because we are, I think just old and can't figure that out. Well, me and Mike anyway. So we're back, we're back using our normal, our normal rig setup here. Um, yeah. So let's see, should we just jump into it guys? Or do you, do you have any updates you want to get to beforehand? No, no I mean, jump on in. let's jump in. All right, cool. So uh, a couple topics today. I think thought we'd talk about the souls of cars. I think it might go some inter- in an interesting direction. And then also gas prices, mostly because um, I was just talking to a guy about this today. Um, yeah, there's some stuff there. And then also, um, which I guess we could talk about right now, there's, there's a new Cannonball movie potentially being slated to be produced, which I actually read on uh, Autoblog. Yeah, so the reason uh, that you heard Tom laughing at the beginning was because we had just come to the realization that I had no idea what said cannonball uh, was, which I was met with various uh, angry responses. So <laughs> could you please educate uh, me? And I'm sure there's at least one other person that uh, does not know what the cannonball is. I don't know. I, I don't know either. I, I don't know that there's anybody. That there's got to be one. Is. There's got to be one. Well, you actually asked a question when you, when you said, "Oh, like what's that?" You you said, "Is it?" Is, you said you assume it's different from the gumball, right? Right. So, according to the organizers, originators of the cannonball, the gumball is uh, actually a poorly executed bastardization of. Their- <laughs> Their uh, esteemed competition. So a better version. <laughs> no, not, not according to them, but uh, obviously. Well, the cannonball, I'm pretty sure, predates the gumball stuff. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, okay. So, Sal, basically what the cannonball, I believe so how the Sal, cannonballs. Sal and one other person address, <laughs> address all of us. They don't exist, bud. I'm sorry, man. Like, you're, you're it. You're the last one. Right. Um no, <laughs> no. So the the cannonball, actually, the first w- place I heard about the cannonball was in two thousand and nine or two thousand eight, um, when Alex Roy was in Wired magazine, and Wired magazine had like an eight or nine page spread on his Polizia car M uh, five that he drove in the cannonball and set the record in. But basically, the cannonball is um, kind of a a very illegal. Um, semi-unofficial race from coast to coast. Oh, is that the is that the thing that Richard Rawlings won or whatever? Um, Richard Rawlings, uh, he he does he's done a lot of gumball stuff, and I think he oh damn the gumball had, again. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, but him and Alex Roy have like drove together in gumballs. And uh, I can't, I'm pretty sure, I think Rawlings may have attempted the cannonball run once or twice, but this is like, 
this is a very much non-trivial. This makes what like that this whole Alcan Five Thousand thing look like like a day at the beach or something. So so basically, it's the plot line for Need for Speed, the movie they came a few line a few uh, few years ago. Well, so this was back. So to give you an idea, right? Um, yeah. The average speed that they were able to maintain going from coast to coast, and this, and there's actually, it's been broken a couple times since then. So I don't know what the current record is, but the average speed they maintained back then was around 92 miles an hour, coast to coast. Wait, I, I just want to say that the original uh, Cannonball was actually a uh, a multi car race that started in 1971 with a a van. Um, and one of the editors for, I, I think it was Carcraft magazine, Carcraft or Motor Trend or Car Driver, I don't know. Uh, but anyways, he was a, a writer at slash editor for one of those auto publications, and he actually started the uh, what we currently call the Cannonball, uh, the Cannonball Run, anyways, from a parking garage in Manhattan to. Redondo Beach at the Portofino Inn. Mm-hmm. And anything after his uh, officially sanctioned events, is Brock Yates was the guy's name, uh, anything after his particular events have been, in his opinion, not classified as actual cannonball rallies because of you don't have any competition. Um, right. And the last one I think was in 1979. 2006 i just looked it up and also if you would have been listening to the podcast tom just talked about a guy that won it recently no i'm telling you those aren't sanctioned events (laughs) yeah so 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 i'm I'm not exactly sure how this all devolved per se from the original like stuff from the 70s but um it went kind of underground like there you know because obviously like anything where they kind of uh encourage people to drive you know 160 miles an hour for many long stretches of roads when and where possible uh in order to achieve an average speed of i I think there might be i I guess i should have looked into this anyway there's some pretty fast times out there is all i'm saying so yeah there's gonna be a movie about that that was the end of your wow Yeah, that, that was a big lead up for very little, uh, little reward there, Tom. Hey, over. Uh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll try and under promise next time. Uh, that'll be better. Yeah. How, right, but, yeah. uh, but looking at the results, this is a race where the Trans Am has better finishes than a Porsche 911. It's not as as me sure. and Mike will attest. It's not always about speed. The, <laughs> the, no, Cadillac, the Cadillac Coupe de Ville in 1972. Mm hmm. Yep. Got first place three racers. This doesn't make sense. Yep. They had the exact thing. No, 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 it, no it way. makes because, a lot of sense. Yeah, because it was on public roads. It was on open highways, so right? It, and the, so it was like the, a, it was like a GT one, two, three finish, two of them finished roughly at the same time deal. Well, I mean, kind of. No, they all left whenever they wanted to leave. And the whole point was you 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 had a card that was stamped at the exit of the parking garage. And when you got to the Portofino Inn, they had a check-in counter at the desk with a clock that you could punch to know when you clock, when you uh, got your room. So you would check the same piece of, piece of paper, and whoever got there with the lowest elapsed time was the winner. 
And that was inclusive of fuel stops and anything that got pulled over by the cops or any breakdowns on the road, construction, traffic, whatever. They they finished within the same, they had the same seconds. It was 37 or same minutes, 37. I don't know. It was probably hours, 37 hours. Does that make sense? 37, 37 hours. And and 16 minutes, all of them. That's pretty sketchy. All of them. Wait. That's not on this. Those are different years, though. Probably right. No, nope, yeah, same probably. year, same year. Three different drivers. I don't, I don't no. know what. That's what the Wikipedia says. That's what the Wikipedia says. Oh, yeah, because it's, they classified it as the. Um, or was that just six different or three different drivers of the same vehicle? Three different, three different drivers, same oh. car, because they went as teams. See, this is all what you guys just didn't explain the race well. It, it was well, a that's car. true. I blame. Yeah, that's. I blame you. That's true. I blame you. But in any case. <laughs> You know what I do think, though. I think that this race would have used a lot of gas. Do Do you concur? Probably had to yes, stop for gas yes. a few times, and gas mm-hmm. was probably cheaper back then than it is gas, today. Which gas was cheaper. Look back at then, look yeah. at this segue. Oh. This is a beautiful segue. <laughs> I did it again. I did it. Wow. I did that, it. Was that was that nice. Was nice. That was a nice one. Yeah. So, um, Tom, you posted an article that I did not read about gas prices. Uh, so it's fairly it's fairly irrelevant. Um, <laughs> just a, uh, see see Mike trying to underpromise. All right, that's good. Um, that's good. Yeah. I like that. I just I also want to go back to the cannonball thing, which apparently oh, this guy, Erwin George Baker, did the can the first cannonball from New York. Yeah, but it wasn't a it wasn't a cannonball. That was his nickname was Cannonball Cannonball George Baker. But and, dude, he's, and he's he, yeah, the, he did the first. It was like 1930 or some shit like that. Yeah, he's the origin. Yep. Yeah, he was. It's that's had, why I mean, the first one was called the Cannonball Baker Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Dash. Yeah, I I would like to really read. Long, I want to say that's a really long name for a race. I would like to watch a movie or read a book about Erwin Baker. That's all I'm saying. Um, so anyway, gas. We'll talk about gas. So uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed if you've filled up lately. I know we all have such economic vehicles that we only fill up once every other month or so, but. Um, Gas is around. I don't know what you drive, but (laughs) the Ford Raptor. Um, I just work from home, so anyway, we the gas is around three bucks a gallon, right? Sure. Um, And I was talking to a guy today. uh, I was picking up some parts for my extremely fuel efficient F two fifty from nineteen eighty five, and so I can drive it. Yeah. What's what's that get about twelve? TBD. So yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. So what you Prob- mean is you haven't put any gas in it yet? I did actually. That's oh. yeah. I drove it about uh, ten miles and had to fill it up. So, so so far we know that it gets ten miles per tank. Yes, actually, yeah. that's that's a fair estimate at this point <laughs> with the the inputs that we have. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you guys you guys remember back in two thousand I don't remember nine or ten or something like that. Gas was like four bucks a gallon. Remember sure. that. Sure, and everybody so, started buying Fiestas and Focuses. Yeah, yeah. So that and, people and small cars by other auto manufacturers that aren't Ford. Mm-hmm. So, and within less than ten years, people, you know, gas went down, and people started dropping those Focuses and Fiestas like crazy because everybody wants to drive a truck. And or the or the poor bastardization of a truck that is an SUV or a crossover. Right. Yeah. Yep. So. um at that time, oil reached a record price of $147 a barrel, right? Um, at the peak gas, that was like the highest amount. And some people will go on a tangent, which I, I've been there. 
I've, I understand everybody's like, how do gas stations change their prices so often? Like that's a bunch of crap, blah, blah, blah. And I grew up with that information. And, uh, at one point in my life, I went and researched the crap out of that because I, d- I was like, I don't understand how they can do this. And actually it's kind of interesting that gas gasoline is actually fairly like, um, economically driven, you know, supply and demand models. So well, yeah, until you factor in OPEC. Yeah. Well, that's, that's where I'm, yeah, I'm coming. I'm, it's coming around. Oh, okay. um, all right. Yeah. But if you just look at like what oil costs and what gas costs, that's a pretty tight actually model for economics. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, there's worse ones out there. Right. So um, I don't know if you guys heard recently. I've heard a couple interesting little facts recently. Uh, in the last month, OPEC apparently wants to get oil back up to $100 a barrel, right? I'm sure, I'm sure they do. And Russia is not even profitable like drilling oil until it's at $87 a barrel which is kind of funny because we can drill shale and be profitable at like 50 bucks a barrel. Um, so it just kind of gives you an idea of where, where everybody's at. And uh, yeah. So you guys know like gas at $3, do you know what oil's at right now? A barrel? Um, I'm going to say like 68. Actually. Yeah. That's it's right around there. So right just below 70, I think. Um, and if you look at if you kind of extrapolate out like the percentages and stuff, if we hit hundred dollar a barrel oil, which appears to be the direction things are going, um, you know, we'll be potentially back up around that four dollar mark almost. Um, yeah, and I I don't want to fill up my vehicles with four dollars a barrel gas or four dollars a gallon gas. Can I make a, so just for in case this gets screwed up, uh, I lost audio for a while. I came back and it sounded like I didn't miss much. So in any case, just some boring <laughs> talk about barrel prices. Yep. Uh, very, very long-winded, very, very boring. Uh, for, I for, my, for my hot tack, uh, hot take, sorry, uh, gas baggy statement, pun intended, um, <laughs> can, we, can we stop shaming people about uh, gas prices? When I bought my truck at my Mustang, I made a decision, and I said I'm going to ride it out, even if my gasoline causes cost me my mortgage. I I made no such commitment. Um, <laughs> just FYI, I I I made that commitment a long, long, long time ago. If you recall, Tom, I know you buy barrels of race gas. I I pretty, <laughs> I, I told Tom once uh, when we were contemplating how intelligent i was for buying a 1970 mach 1 um and intending to put a big block in it and i told him that i would always have money for gas no matter how much it cost uh at the expense of pretty much anything else so mm-hmm. yeah well that's, that's i mean true i was i was confronted this was back before i knew tom mike might remember this post on facebook uh i used to work down in lima ohio and i'd take my mustang down every once in a while just to stretch the legs and you know country back roads am i right mike it, or it's tom true. yeah uh tom, but in tom any case from the country so yeah yeah, yeah. tom tom mm-hmm. you would understand too um yeah. so in any case i'm stopped at a gas station and i pull up and i'm filling up with gas right probably my first tank for of two tanks in the trip but in any case um i'm filling up with gas and this guy looks at me and he's like so do you regret getting this because of the gas mileage and i asked him <laughs> sir do you regret freedom and the american way <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of chuckled and that's when it ended because i mean really what you're you're attacking america if you're attacking oil oh 
Yes. This is getting way too political. Exactly. If you're attacking <laughs> my, my right to consume gasoline to propel myself forward in a powerful manner, uh, you're attacking my freedom as an American. Actually, this brings on – I'm going to try your segue thing that you do. Oh, oh. Yep. It, I, I think the only reason, Sal, that you're okay, that I'm okay, like driving my my truck, you know, and put putting the gas in my there there are trucks and vehicles that I would not feel good putting I, this much I already, gas into. I already don't like this segue, Tom. I know where you're going, but keep going. Just yep. So <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, I kind of am starting to understand Jay Leno's view on this thing, where we should have electrified vehicles that I can use as a daily driver. And then on the weekend, I can go and, you know, put 50 bucks or whatever for like three gallons of gas and go and like basically blow that stuff up. Right. So. But, but Tom. What? How willing are you to lose the soul of your vehicle? Oh, boy. To an electric car. <laughs> yeah. I told you the segue was there was a lot of steps in between the segue. A to B. There was a lot of a primes and a very predictable it's very yeah i'm sorry but yeah I'm, I'm, no no so sorry. in any case good um, question mike yeah <laughs> so there's been a actually I, I think i can't remember if i mentioned this last time or not and me and mike my, this this is going to shock all of our 10 listeners um there might be more i don't know but. we have at least 11 we do actually. I think we have at least twenty-two, and thank you to every twenty-two of you, um, of which one of you has to have not heard of the cannonball. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> if you have not heard of the cannonball, message comment. us or comment or, something so that or tweet or something. Yeah, and then also if you want to make fun of Sal, his Instagram and stuff is I think Salafox one and that's Twitter. correct. Yep, so yeah. you can harangue him at any time at any point. Um, Accurate. But yeah, so. Uh, there's a car that we've mentioned on this podcast before as being generally an ugly vehicle. Um, and Mike and I, a couple weeks ago, went to a dealership of said vehicle. And what did you tell me to do, Mike, with that car? Do you remember what car I'm talking about? I, I said you should wait until, uh, yeah, until the, until they drop yeah. in price, I think, or something. I don't, I don't yeah, know. We, we both sat in it and I told Mike, I was like, no, you know, Mike, you can pick a used one up one of these like fairly reasonable now. He's like, man, you should buy it. You should buy one. And this yeah, this vehicle, I recall that, yeah. Yep, this vehicle is none other than the Porsche Panamera. Yep, it's come for full circle. The Panamera, like, yeah, I never thought, I never thought I would want one, and I definitely never thought that you would think that that you know it'd be a good buy, Mike. But uh, as you noticed, as I did sitting in there, they're pretty freaking nice. Yeah, but. Um... Also, why in particular would you be looking at one? Because if I recall, um, the sales rep at the dealership there had a, a hybrid version, mm-hmm. which he said was actually um, very nice to drive. And obviously, it's a Porsche, right? So well-engineered. Um, but I believe that's why you were would be considering one in general. Am I mistaken? Yeah, so so my whole thing, like I've been watching the Mission E, right? And I think a lot of people have watched the progression of the Mission E and the Jaguar I-Pace. And there's a handful of other things happening with Volvo and uh, well, actually a lot of stuff happening with Jag, even outside, like with Land Rover and stuff like that. Um, and the Model 3 Tesla, right? Um, and... So yeah, I, I, my next vehicle, I really am resolved. I want to get an electric vehicle, uh, fully electric, so that I can 
and it's got to be comfortable, right? Fairly luxurious. And this is where the, the Mission E or the, the Taycan, I guess they call it now, um, ticks all of the boxes. And a, a Panamera is basically, a, it's very similar to a Panamera. And I think that um, if, it, and it has to be at least as comfortable as a Panamera. And if it is, it's really, really tempting. Um, okay, but let's get to the heart of the matter here because we're, you're going to pine on yeah, this, this for ages this, and ages. It's just it's true. This, this segue is falling apart very fast. It's, it's um, uh, I thought I moved beyond the segue, but maybe I didn't. No, you were still in it, man. No. You still yeah, so gas, to- so gas, is, gas is going up, right? So um, no, we've already covered that ground. Gas is going up. Dude, everyone's I'm, going I'm electric. Confused. I'm dizzy. I'm, Dude, I'm going to fall over. The article that dizzy. Tom was referencing is apparently the newest ad for said Taycan uh, apparently calls out Tesla um, in some form or another. Saying in some form of or another. Wow, this is good podcasting. I'm dizzy uh, and Sal can't talk. This is some form else. or another. It uh, lacks some soul, which actually I'd like to remind you, dear. Uh, it would it be listener, dear listener, um, is not the first company. If you remember back probably a couple years ago, something similar was said by a certain uh, head of one of the big three in the U.S. Um, when they asked him about Tesla, and he said that if he could build a better, nicer, more well, better looking Tesla, uh, given the time, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, that was Marchioni. Right, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's favorite uh, auto CEO. Yeah, he's, um, he's a lot of fun. I mean, he's a good CEO to have around. Which, which, <laughs> so we could take this conversation two ways. One way is fun. One way is actually plausible. So the fun way would be: Does a car have a soul in an actual existential sense? Like, yeah, let's oh, not go, it'll go let's, to heaven. Let's not go that way. The other way is the um, basically: Does it have? I think by soul they mean character, right? Does it have a, a presence to it? Yes. Right. I, I, let's go with um, that definition. Which, which small plug, there's an article talking about the importance of Tesla on the editing um, board. So now Mike's got all the pressure in the world to get that article because oh. it's, it's been set into existence. Uh, but in any case, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, all I can, I wait, all I can, wait, I, I want to point this out. So okay. you specifically decided that you, you would not want to trade in your Mustang for a newer version because of one feature. What's that feature? Uh, that would be the library axle. And what does that give your car? Uh, it gives it way horribler, horriblier, <laughs> worse, uh, worse handling. Yeah. Handling. Lots of wheel hop. Wheel yeah. hop. Yes, but also... Uh, it makes me feel like Steve McQueen going around corners. Also, it gives your car fucking character. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it has live in the name. Right. right. It's like, right. yeah. Right. It is a, a um, pony car in the uh, entire sense of the word, right? Which we have talked about. And, and Mike's true that some of the new Mustangs, while nice, I do think that a little bit of the, the pony car heritage um, was lost when you got uh, a better vehicle, basically, because it is a better vehicle. And I oh. would say... So here's the thing, though. I actually I wouldn't even go that far. Like that's that's getting like down in the minutia of the differences in the you know in Mustang. That's a pretty but, that's a pretty big difference. Yeah, that's a huge difference. That it's not even a little difference. It is. It took, but here's the thing. Like it, it even took a, like six years to get there, Tom. Yeah, but even a, an 
um, independent rear suspension Mustang is going to have way more any any produced. I'm, this is going out there. Any produced <laughs> Mustang, okay? I'm bringing out Mustang twos, right? Like like the whole lot of them has more character and more soul than a Fusion. Just because it likes deep pedestrians at Cars and Coffee doesn't mean it has a soul, Tom. I mean. Well. The fusion soul could just be music. It could be an elevator music. <laughs> yeah. Not everything has to be hard metal. I, I suppose. I suppose. But I mean, yeah. trucks, like trucks have, it seems like, I mean, everybody that I know that's had a truck love their truck. And when they had to sell it for whatever reason, like I missed my truck for like decades later. Right. And, you know, I, I just, I don't know. There's something about certain vehicles that, you get attached to them. And it's not just like their color or so, like some random thing, right? So now that we're talking about this, I don't think that this is good. I think an electric vehicle could have just as much quote unquote character or soul as uh, a non-electric vehicle, right? It comes down mostly to how that's delivered because let's be honest, electric vehicles at, can have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be it could be a fairly pleasurable experience to be driving a car that has that kind of power with virtually zero noise um and so i think i think it kind of depends on how it's delivered right you can have a whole lot of fun and i i say this because having driven a a focus st or fiesta st you know one of those little hot hatches um i mean arguably the vehicle itself doesn't really have a whole lot of uh character right it's just a gussied up model of its base sibling but they handle amazingly, right? They have mm-hmm. they have a great uh, they have great character. They have a great uh, driving dynamic. They're a lot of fun, um, and you wouldn't you wouldn't put them in the classification of just a commuter car like a Nissan Altima. So, in 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 my mind, sorry, Tom, if I'm uh, I'm overtaking no, your podcast. No. Uh, so, my biggest issue, the one thing I could say that I do agree with them is that you look at and it's purposeful, right? The Tesla interiors are purposefully spartan right Mm -hmm. they just completely there it's like the new swedish model without any of the charm right not that there's a lot of charm in like volvos sorry volvo they're nice cars they're not exactly (laughs) but in any case it's like the ikeaification of interiors right it's completely stale completely um he wants to make it look modern but i do think that little things change characters right like my f-150 has huge oversized knobs right because it's like yeah i got gloves on i need to turn knobs right like that makes character to some cars mike having to fight to turn on most of his cars every day uh is character (laughs) (laughs) so so is that what gives it like this soul that we talk about is like like if you have fun, then you bond with it, right? Like if you get into like a Geo Metro and the majority of the time you spend in your Geo Metro is commuting to a job that you don't like, like you're not going to like that Geo Metro. Right. But if you take that same Geo Metro and you t- you drive it like a bat out of hell around like a farm and it never leaves that one square mile farm, you'd love that fucking little car. Or, or True. even if it, even if let's say you had your first date in that car, or whatever, right? You can have an emotional attachment to cars that are complete pieces of garbage. Well, an emotional attachment, yes, but like a car soul might not necessarily be, you know, like it's not necessarily like fond memories. You know what I mean? 
And I feel like Mustangs, yeah. like like I've had a lot of like ups and downs. Like my Mustang has been in the shop for two weeks now, and I have not been able to drive it this summer, and I'm fairly frustrated with it. But I would still say my car has soul. It might be a dark soul. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and I think I think it's kind of interesting because like some of the I think it's kind of a culmination of all the things that we talked about. Like the interior on Teslas is supposed to be like futuristic and like the reason they made it Spartan, one of the reasons is because one, it's cheaper to, and quicker to produce, which they still yeah. feeling at. But yes, another reason is like, yeah, you can, <laughs> but it's also like something that's easily updatable because everything's in the software. You know, they went, they went for a very practical reasons. Um, and I have not driven one, so I can't say, you know, I do know that I drove a Fiesta once and like a, a manual Fiesta. And that was a blast. Like I just went for a test drive from a dealership and the manual Fiesta has a buy rating for me for sure. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know if Tesla's and stuff do. I would wager that Porsche would have the same experience like with the, with the mission E. Um, and I, I would also wager too, like the, uh, the Jaguar I pace is a very capable platform. Um, and, but I don't know, I don't get a sense from it that it's, you know, that I'm going to go and like drive that car and, you know, find it to be amazing and, you know, fall in love with it. Now, now here's a question for both of you guys. Well, I guess specifically Tom, since you just asked that question, mm-hmm. would you drive it from Seattle to Fairbanks, Alaska? Oh, full circle. Oh man. Oh, um, getting there. I, I would actually, yes, I would drive any of these with even a, two foot square solar panel to charge it uh to go this distance this, this did not go the way i thought it was i was really hoping that we just turn this into the alcan update <laughs> i mean that's where i saw this going but i some ways are lost on tom i'm just saying i'm saying prescribed to the three lefts equal a right if it was a <laughs> would you rather would you rather take the 35 forward or an i-pace or a mission e or Taycan? I i'm sorry mike but i'd Probably I think go with electric car. I think a thirty-five Ford that you're going to race from Seattle to Fairbanks, Alaska in August would probably have a lot of soul, right, Mike? That's true. That may be an understatement. Yeah, ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but for now, you have to revive the soul. So why don't you tell us how that uh, process <laughs> is going? Slow, slow and steady. Um, no, actually, it's uh, the, the truck itself is almost in, I would say, drivable condition. Um, I've been working on getting the instruments cleaned and, uh, and installed. I had to buy a new water temp sender, which if you, if anyone is considering buying a 1935 Ford, I would highly recommend against it specifically because the water temperature sender is $179 and that's excessive for a vehicle that's that old. And you shouldn't buy a vehicle like that. That's going to be how much the oil change car costs in uh, the Panamera that Tom's going to buy. Likely. Oh, no, I'm not buying a Panamera. Just, the mission, e, <laughs> the mission e version the tight camera gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. but uh but yeah overall um the repair pieces for the bed came in this week so i can get to work on welding that up so that we've actually got someplace to put shit um i've had i had it running this last weekend so that was good um and yeah it just I've buttoned up a few things on the cab itself, I guess, replacing door latches and things of that nature so that we can get in and out of the vehicle, which, you know, that's a solid thing. Um, 
Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, I'd argue that having power so you don't have to Fred Flintstone it all the way up to Alaska is probably the more one of the more important features. Yeah. It's been starting good. It's yeah, and, been starting real good. And, and yeah. actually, so my intention is tomorrow to uh, get the wiring done on it because I just got my generator in my alternator, my new alternator in uh, yesterday, and got that put on. So now I should have a full ninety amps of power going to the cab. Um, yeah, pretty much all the time. So we should be good, I think. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely coming together pretty pretty quickly. Uh, and I think we're parts constrained at the moment, right? I'm currently kind of parts constrained. Yeah, I need freaking yeah. Windows, man. Right, but uh, I mean, we could go possibly this weekend or something. Probably fired up, get an exhaust on it. And yeah, I, I actually got uh, – I ordered exhaust flanges for it. I, did, I finally found a source, and I think oh, cool. they're the right ones. So I should be able to at least weld up some stub pipes out of it um, so that I can take it in for exhaust, yeah, this week. Awesome. So, yeah, and after that, we're going to be – so probably what? After this weekend, we'll maybe start doing some test runs? That's the plan, hopefully, because um, after this weekend, it's officially eight weeks. Yeah, actually, so this is Thursday that we're recording this, and we said that if it wasn't driving by tomorrow, that we'd be looking for a backup vehicle. But realistically, we get a couple of days window because weekend. Yeah, and really, it's pretty freaking close. Yeah. Oh, did so. you get the Columbia figured out? Yeah, yeah, I, I got that okay. figured. I, I got that figured out like after you left. Gotcha. <laughs> we uh, we unplugged the uh, the vacuum lines and forgot which which way things went. Not so much forgot, but they've been disconnected for so long that oh, I yeah, yeah, I never knew. I guess in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So uh, we actually we should have done this in the beginning of the show, but we should mention our sponsor, Mike. Uh, Detroit Bold. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This show is brought to you by Detroit Bold Coffee for all your coffee needs. And literally, I'd probably be sleeping right now without it. Oh, well. Why? Did you pick some up? Yeah. They oh. actually, they have it. I'm in uh, in the mire up here. They have it. Oh, hey, look at that. Just, see, 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 you can get that yeah. stuff all over the place. Yep. Just, just so we don't lose the sponsorship, uh, if you look up <laughs> Detroit Bold, uh, <laughs> the website tells you it's the fuel of choice for hardworking humans. Or it's America's boldest coffee. Let's go with the fuel of choice for hardworking humans because, well, yeah. Tom, works, Tom works pretty hard. Ooh, so. Sorry. Fuel of choice for hardworking humans everywhere. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even Alaska. There you go. Hopefully. So please, please don't drop us. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so joking aside about the, the, uh, the pickup, I'm actually super excited to take this thing. Um, I mean, as far as we can take it, honestly, hopefully yeah. all the way back to the garage. Yeah, you know, I mean, I really am too. And the more that uh, now it looks like it's going to be a reality and the more I tell people about it, the uh, the more stoked I get, to be honest with you. So really trying to gun on having this vehicle ready to go. Do not want to have to use a fallback. Yep. Yeah. And I can, and I'm pretty excited because while you guys are gone and you're probably not going to have internet, I can turn this into my own personal Oprah show. I can just go on, talk about whatever I want. Be like, today, we're talking about sneakers today. And you get a pair. And you get a pair. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So, all right, gents. Well, I unfortunately have to take off. I have visitors from across the pond here. Uh, But it was good. It was fun. 
Yeah, awesome. Well, until next time, we'll catch you guys later.